Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. So he's trying to get away so no one would know he's there. He's really trying to hide, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him to cast out the demon, uh, cast the demon out of her daughter. And Jesus said to her, let the children be fed first, for it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. He, he's saying that I'm with my disciples and it's not good for me to take, take me away from, from the, my disciples, the Jews, and, and go and serve that bread to the, to the Gentiles, the, the dogs, what he called her. That's not nice. <laughs> but he says, but she answered him, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, for this statement, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. And we're going to stop right there. Jesus, thank you for your word. I pray you would illuminate it to our lives, God. I know that every person here has the ability to hear your voice. There's not a single person in this room, God, that can't hear you if they incline their ear, if they just say, Jesus, speak to me. Holy Spirit, come in this place and let us understand how this applies to us, how we can live uh, in, in the fulfillment, Lord, of faith, and how we can live a life that, that is, uh, that the Lord has power in it, God. I pray that you would help us to know how we can live for you and understand your heart toward us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So, so in this, there's a lot. Now, I don't have time to unpack the whole chapter, and so I encourage you to go back to that first portion uh, verses 1 through 30, I'm sorry, verses 1 through uh, 23, there's a lot there, and I feel like I could spend like a whole series on that portion about the, the traditions of man versus the commandments of God. And, and, and as you read that, and again, go back and do your own study on this, as you read that, know that they're in a, a culture, they're in a society that is a religious society. We don't live in that society. We live in America. And this, let's be honest, it's still a very, very secular society. And so as you read this, you think there's these religious traditions that they would implement that really they tried to kind of pick and choose which of the commands were important and then which ones were superseded by cultural values. And so we do this today with things that are really good, things that are really good in our society, but we, we often choose the good things of our human culture over the commandments of God. And we can do this in lots of ways. We've got so many good things that, that, we, that, that we say, well, the, most of the laws of the Bible are good laws. Yeah, I guess, I guess we shouldn't murder. But, but our culture would say that, well, I've got human rights of my body. And so, so, we, we, so there are some people that are okay with, with abortion because it's not about what the Bible says, what the commands of God say. It's about what, what the, the values of our society are. And, and, and I'm sorry to say, this does creep into the church. This does creep in the church. And so, and so we, we do even little things like, well, you know, it's good to pray for people. So I should share with someone else the prayer request of these other people who are struggling with all the sin. We should just pray for them together because, and I'm sharing all the sin of someone else. We, 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 we don't worry about the commandments and not gossip or slander because we're praying for someone. That's a good thing. 
And, and so we take the, the values of our culture, even Christian culture, American culture, and, and we, we try to say that this is better than, than, than the commandments of God. It's so important that we step back from our culture sometimes and say, what does the Bible say about that? What, what is the standard of God about that? Because no matter what country you live in, there's always going to be some cultural norms in that society. The family you were raised in, not all the traditions of that family are good. And some things may be good, but maybe they're not the best. Don't, don't let the good things rob you from God's best. There, there's some good things that happen, even in society, whether it's wealth. In America, we love our convenience. We love you know, our technology. We, these, these are good things, but if they supersede God's commandments, if they make us forsake my family in order for me to go and create wealth, that's not godly. And so look at the culture and say, God, how should I interpret this culture through the lens of your word? And it's so important that we hold steadfast into God commandments over what, what, what our culture tells us is right. And sometimes they're, they're, they don't go together. And so I want to leave you with that and encourage you to go back to that scripture. But for, for today, just for the time we have, I want to touch base on this Syrophoenician woman. She's a Gentile woman. She, she's not a Jew. And we see that, that she, there's an odd interaction there with Jesus. How, how many of you read that and you're like, did he just call her a dog? Yeah, it's a little bit weird. Like, that, I, I thought Jesus was a nice guy. And so this is, to me, even a little bit hard to swallow. Like, why did he do that? And my wife pointed out a, a quote to me recently that even God's no is wrapped in love. And sometimes, sometimes the harsh word of God is what we need to hear sometimes. And he does it for a reason. And so we have to trust that God's heart, because he's the one that died for all of our sins, right? But in this moment, there's this odd interaction. I think we can extract some truth from it. And really, this woman came desperate. She came desperate. She's contending for a breakthrough for her daughter. And so what can we learn about how to contend for breakthrough in our lives? If, if there's something in your life, whether it's a family member, a financial thing, maybe it's your marriage, there's all of us here at some point are going to need a breakthrough. And this is a woman that actually impressed Jesus with her faith. This is something that I think it was uh, Pastor Steve in one of the previous sermons in the series was talking about when Jesus, or maybe it was Pastor Ben, that was marveled at someone's faith. This is another one where, where Jesus was impressed with someone's faith who stepped out. And so let's read that part together where it says that, there, that she came and, and she asked, she, it says that she begged Jesus, fell at his feet. And, and, and another, this, the version of the story in Matthew says that she was crying and carrying on and the, the disciples were like, hey, tell her to go away. So it immediately she comes down, falls at his feet and begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But man, this response, let the children be fed first, for it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. So what do we see her do in contending for a breakthrough? Number one, Jesus, uh, the, number one the, the girl seeks. She seeks. Now, Jesus was off trying to hide. Jesus was trying to hide, ultimately. He's trying to get away from the crowd, but man, she came. She knew that he was in the area, and she went out and sought him. Laid down his feet, begged him, crying, she sought out Jesus. And this is a Gentile, meaning that, that she really probably wasn't a Jew. She didn't ha maybe understand or even un know the, the messianic uh, uh, tradition that, that, or prophecies that he was coming. So maybe without a fullness of understanding, she comes to him and seeks him out, desperate, knowing that there's only one person that could help. 
Maybe she'd been to physicians. Maybe she'd been to doctors. Maybe she'd been to shamans or something. I don't know. I don't know what she did before this, but she was at a point of desperation. And there's points in your life where you have to decide, who can help me? Maybe you need to decide, what am I looking for? What is the answer I'm looking for? In Isaiah 55, 6, it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. We've talked about this. Jesus died on the cross so that you can be near the Father. Jesus himself said that he is never far from us. He did that so that you today can be near to God. You can seek him now while he can be found, and that's today. No matter how far you think you are from God, years from now, remember, no matter how far you think you are from God, maybe it's been months since you prayed, years since you read your Bible, haven't been in church forever, it doesn't matter. He can be found right now, no matter where you're at. Matthew 7 says that, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Man, that's powerful. You believe that? Say amen. That's good, good, powerful stuff. And And I encourage you, know what you're looking for because you know what? You're going to find it. If you go to the Bible and you're looking for justification for your your behavior, you're going to find it. Man, if you go to a friend looking for for, for justification to to help you feel bad about yourself, guess what? You're going to find it. You will. You can find what it is you're looking for. Whatever you're looking for, you're going to find. If you're looking for financial opportunity, you're going to find it. If you're looking for, for, for wisdom and counsel and help, you'll find it. Knock, seek, and ask God. This, this particular scripture is talking about the presence of God. If you look at it in context, but I believe that's true of life in general. You're going to find what you're looking for. So in those moments of desperation, decide, okay, what am I looking for? Maybe in your marriage, if you ask yourself that, it's like, you know what? I've been looking for a way out. But is that what you really want? Are you looking for reasons why to get out? Are you looking for reasons how you can commit and walk in greater power? In your career, what are you looking for? What do you want? Whatever you're looking for, you can find. Whatever you're looking for, you can find, but you need to seek. If you want a breakthrough, look for breakthrough. But you will find what you're looking for. Number two, she submits. She submits. Man, Jesus, again, gave her kind of a harsh word saying, you know, I'm here to serve God's people, the children of God, and you're just the dog. How does she respond to that? She says, yes, Lord. Those are the first things out of her mouth. Yes, Lord. A Gentile calls him Lord, calls him master. This is someone that, again, is is a, a Gentile, but she submits with humility to really what is a harsh word. She says, yes, Lord, yes, master. She recognizes his authority. She submits to him and takes that word. She could have been like, how dare you call me a dog? Don't you know who I am? Or that was rude to me. I can't believe you said. She didn't. She said, yes, Lord. She took a position of humility with Jesus. She didn't didn't fight to say, no, I'm worth more than that. She didn't. She's like, no, I I know who I am. That's okay. I'm a dog. That's fine. She says, yes, Lord. This is important to know that she recognizes him as Lord as master, even a Gentile woman. And so oftentimes we come to God asking for things, but, but I believe that in order to contend for your breakthrough, 
it's so critical that we recognize no matter what you're asking God for, understand his position. No matter what you're contending for, he is an authority. No matter what I ask God for, no matter how bad I beg, I always want to recognize, God, this is what I want, but your will be done, your God, your Lord. And she does that. She says, yes, Lord, yes, Master. Get this, our definition of who he is in our lives determines how much faith we have in what he can do. She knew this was a guy with power. She knew this was a guy with authority. Even a Gentile, maybe not having a full understanding, she knows this is some, this is, there's something there. You may come into church today saying, like, I don't quite get the Christianity thing, but I know that there's something there. I saw there was a person in my life that demonstrated a power. I need to get more of it. When my wife heard about God, she's like, I, I, don't, I don't quite get it, but I, but I know I want it. So whatever amount of understanding you have, that's the first thing to understand is who God is. Our definition of who he is in our lives determines how much faith we have in what he can do. She knew he was a man of power. And then we'll find in Mark 8, I don't know if we'll get into it today, but Mark 8, Jesus says to his disciples, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? The way you define God in your life, the way you define Jesus and his role as Lord and Master will determine what you receive from God, the role he plays in your life. Like we talked about last week, if he is just a carpenter, just a, a good teacher, if he's just the, the, oh, just the son of Mary, if that's your definition, you're not going to get the fullness of Jesus. If you come into church and say, oh, yeah, I want to get some good teaching, I want that feel-good song. Come on, David, play the feel-good one. If that's what you're coming to get, you're going to get what you're looking for. But if you understand his true identity, his authority, you're going to get the fullness of his power, as she does. Even a Gentile, she got it. So get this. Number three, she listens. She listens. As she contends for breakthrough, she listens. And as I mentioned, she's a Gentile. Now, we, we read in previously in this book that there was parables that Jesus uh, taught and just earlier in this one, he's like, you don't get it, disciples, you 12? You don't, there's a version uh, of, of the scripture that, that's translated, are you being willingly stupid? Like, he's talking to his disciples, like, how do you not get this? And so I can only imagine his frustration at his own disciples, Jews, but this Gentile woman takes his illustration of the children and the dog, and she gets it. Why? Because she listens. She's paying attention. How many of y'all would say you're bad with names? Anybody? Okay, good number of you. Man, I used to be horrible with names. I used to give people a disclaimer. I'd meet them and be like, oh, hey, Jimmy. Hey, just so you know, I'm bad with names. Next week, you're going to have to tell me again, okay? Just, just want to make that clear. <laughs> and I used to try to give that disclaimer to people because I was so bad with names, I'd always forget. And, and, and I didn't want to offend them the next time. Because how many of y'all been like months into knowing someone? Okay, I can laughter over here. You, get, you know what I'm talking about. You get months, in, and then it's like at that point, you're like, oh, I can't even ask them what their name is anymore. It's like the next week, it's like, hey, what's your name again? And it's cool. It's like, oh, yeah, it was Jimmy. Oh, okay, great. You know, nice. Uh, thanks for reminding me, Jimmy. But, man, months later, you're like, dude, we've, like, hung out, like, ten times. I don't remember your name. I can't, I, I can't even ask you because I'm just going to be, I'm, I'm the jerk, you know. <laughs> and so my wife and I had this rule years ago, and sometimes we still have to implement it. But I'm like, babe, if I give, like, a one-way introduction, that means I don't remember their name. I'm like, hey, this is my wife, Mel. And she'll know, like, hey, what was your name? And she'll have to ask, because I know I can't, I can't, I don't remember their name. So we have, like, a system, you know. Two are better than one. I love you, babe. 
But man, but part of the reason is this. What I learned and what, I, what I've really begun to implement is actually when someone introduces themselves or like if there's like three or four people in a row, you just listen. Whoa. Whoa, what? You, you have to just actually take initiative and listen actively. Listen actively. How many, I mean, we've all been there. If, you're, if any of y'all are married, you've had that discussion with your spouse and like, did you hear a word I was saying? Anyone been there? Yeah, married people are like, no. <laughs> yes, you have. So, but man, she listens. She listens to what he's saying. She understands his illustration because she's paying attention. So many times in discussions, we get into a scenario where, where we're not really paying attention to what they're saying. We're just loading the gun. Like, we're just getting our ammunition ready because I know what I'm going to say. As soon as you're done talking, I know what I'm about to say. And we're not really listening to what they're saying. We're not really trying to absorb the content or understand their perspective. We're just, we, we're just fixed in our mindset. This is what I believe. And so I'm coming to the table, already decided that I'm right. And we don't listen. It's this human nature in us to, to like, oh, hey, nice to meet you all. I don't remember any of your names, but it's nice to meet you all. And we're not listening. We're not paying attention. When someone actually has a perspective, let me help, help me. That's why mediators have mastered their craft of understanding both sides, because they pay attention. They empathize with each side. And so oftentimes our human condition is just to, just to pay attention to ourselves and not listen to the other person. And, and we miss out on God because we do that to God. We do that to God. We're like, God, here's what I want. I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. And then we go about our way. We come back. We ask for the same thing. He's like, would you just shut up and listen to me? Listen to what I have to say. And sometimes it's not what you want to hear. Sometimes it's not what you want to hear. He told her, you're a dog. No. But she heard him. She heard him. She says, she says, yes. Yes, Lord. And then she, she used his own illustration. And she says that, that even the dogs under the table get the crumbs. She uses his own illustration because she understands. She's not refuting it. She's like, I hear you, but here's my perspective. I understand what you're saying, and I'm not even arguing. I'm actually agreeing with you. I am a dog. That's cool with me. But, man, can I just get the crumbs? So number four is that she persists. Number four, if you want breakthrough, if you want that breakthrough in your own life, she, this is one thing she does, she persists. Man, she came crying to Jesus. She came begging Jesus. And he's essentially like, no. I, no, that's, I, that's not why I came. I came for the Jews for now. You're secondary to the Jews for right now. That's what he's telling her. And she persists. She goes, you're right. You're right. I'm just a dog. But, but his challenge revealed her character. His challenge revealed her character. And this is important to know. When you don't get the answer from God, how will you react? I tried church. It doesn't work. Or I tried this. I tried that. It doesn't work. What, what, when, when, you're, when your spouse challenges you, when, you're, when you face a challenge at work, how do you react? What, what, the challenges in life are what evoke your character. It what draws out who you really are. But man, she responds with faith. She responds with humility. She persists. She replied with faithfulness. Psalm 84.10 says, For a day in your courts, God, a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God, just standing on the edge. I'd rather just be in the doorway the house is over here. I'd rather just be a doorkeeper and be on the edge of your house 
than to dwell in the comfort of the tents of the wickedness. Man, I, I, I just want a piece of, what, of who you are, God. I, I'll be a dog in your house. I'll sit under the table under your feet. I'll be good. Just give me a crumb of your kingdom, God. Just give me a crumb of your kingdom. When the kingdom of God is made of streets of gold, man, I'll take a crumb of that. Because, man, that, that crumb is probably bigger than my car. Man, I, I will be a dog in that house. Whatever they're eating at the table, I'll take a piece of it. I, if, I, if that's all I deserve, I'll take that. Man, she responds with a level of faith. When the disciples, we later see them fighting over who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. She goes, I'll be a dog in the house. I don't care. I just want a piece of what you have, Jesus. She persists to get just a fraction of Jesus. And he's, he's impressed with her faith. says, because of that faith, you're going to get your request. It's one of the few times in Scripture we see who Jesus really is impressed with someone's faith. And he almost surprises them. So if the worship team wants to come up, I'm going to wrap up. But, but if you want to contend for breakthrough in your life, there's a few things we can learn from that woman, that she seeks Jesus. She seeks the truth. She seeks the one who can truly help her. She submits. She says, you are Lord. You are master. She listens to him and says, what is the answer you're giving me? I want to understand your heart, God. I want to understand the truth. Whatever it is, even if it's not what I want to hear. And she persists and said, I'm still faithful. Even if you call me a dog, I'm still here with you, Jesus. No matter what the answer is, I'm still here. Can I just get a crumb of you? It's like the, 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 the man on the cross next to Jesus. I believe from such a position, what, what greater position of humility can one take than to be, be dying on their deathbed next to Jesus saying, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? Just, just remember me. I don't, I don't need a big inheritance. I don't need paradise. Will you just, just, just remember me when you're, in, when you're in your kingdom? And for us today, we can take that position and say, you know what? I don't deserve it. But man, Jesus says, yes, you have your request. And maybe you think you're asking for too much. And you might be, but Jesus said, you can still have it. When we submit, when we listen to God, when we're intimate with him, when we can truly trust him as Lord, I believe we can have those things when our heart is right and when we're ready for him. And so there's breakthrough in your life today that you may say, man, I need something. And God's saying, you don't, you don't deserve it, but you can still have it when we can operate in that level of faith. So we can bow your heads as I pray. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much, Lord. Thank you so much, God, for, God, for telling us the things we need to hear. Sometimes that's a hard thing. But God, if we can approach you and trust you and, and persist in our faith and ask and seek and knock, you are a good God. You are a good heavenly father. And we trust that. We trust that, that you are a good God. And we can trust that your answers are out of a heart of love. And sometimes you're testing our character. But God, we submit to that test and say that you are good. You are good, God. So we put our trust and our hope in you. And so we thank you today, God, for every answered prayer, even the ones that may not be the answer we're looking for, or maybe just the answer that says yes, but not yet. God, will we be patient? Will we patiently wait to receive? Will we persist in prayer and, and stay faithful? Oh, God, help us, Lord. We need you. I pray, Lord, that we would not abide by the rules of our culture, but God, let the kingdom culture come into Canvas Church. Let the kingdom culture come into our hearts, God. 
that we would not follow the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds to let your Holy Spirit dwell in us, Lord. God, you're so good. We love you and we trust you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.